Welcome to the spooky edition of Don't Evolve Me, where we're doing the state of reveal for Halloween. Not the not the holiday, the movie series. And I don't know what's spookier, this cliche of an intro, or my wife no longer death staring, <laughs> glaring at me. Because we have to redo this cold open twice. Which is a real shame when I have no plans with this cold open usually. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't reveal what I was going to throw at you. Are you ready for it? No. No? Still no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're re- actually recording this time. All right, let's... Ready for some blind rankings? On the movies? Yeah, no. Slashers. Oh, slash. So if you've never done blind rankings before. Nope. I don't know if you actually seen the videos. What video? Which one? So I will give you five slashers, and you have to rank them one through five, but you don't know what's coming next. So I'm going to give you one of them, and you have to give it one through five. Yeah. Yeah, you did it with Pokemon at one point. Which ones were in your party? Yes. Yeah, I saw that one. You ready? Hmm. Do you need like a nope? All right, Chucky, one through five. Five being the best and one being the worst, right? No, one's being the best. This one's is the ranking, the not rating. Oh, gotcha. Um, three. Okay, Ghostface. Four. Jason Voorhees. Five. Really. Yeah, I was never a fan of the Jason one. A lot mm. of the sequels kind of ruined it for me, especially that Jason Goes to Space one. <laughs> Jason X. Yeah, just what about let, Jason it, let goes it fucking to... die. What about Jason Goes to Manhattan? Mm. Freddy Krueger. That one's got to be like a number. I'm mm, number two. I feel like you know the last one. Halloween? Michael Myers. Yeah, no, I gotta say, Halloween is my favorite, like, so, horror My- movie series, like, classic. So, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger. I love Freddy. Chucky, I have a Freddy Krueger sweater. Ghostface, Jason Voorhees. That's not too bad. Yeah. I disagree on Jason Voorhees. I think he's... Ugh, I can't. He's maybe number two with me now. He was number one for the longest time. All right, this is probably the longest cold open ever. Cue the music. Welcome to Don't Evolve Me, the place like Ash, Ketchum, Pikachu, we don't evolve, we just... Grow. Level up, come <laughs> Level on, up. who are you, and get out of here. <laughs> okay, good night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to welcome my lovely wife, Sapphire Sherving. It's fun to say your name. Maybe it's because it's my own name, or half of it. <laughs> so, welcome on. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is where you speak now. <laughs> you can't just wave. There's no camera. Oh, yet. Well, hi. How are you doing? I'm tired. How are you feeling? Ready to do this? 
Never ready, no. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So first, uh, some channel news. So I am going to be reviewing Blue Beetle Team and T pretty soon here on this channel. I know I've been behind on it. I'm also going to be reviewing Gen V and Loki once they're done. Before I was doing episode by episode, then it was kind of like halfway through preview. To me, it's it's really hard to keep going with all these different shows. So we're just going to change it up a little bit. We're just going to do at the end and talk about it with another guest who has also watched all the show. Gen V will be... I believe Gen V will be either next week or the week afterwards. And that would be with the guest I just had for the state of review for Batman, which is Brandon Klein. And... Me and you are now caught up with Gen V. Mm-hmm. And I will be, we'll be talking about it, like what we're nerding out on. But yeah, I'd say pretty good so far. Yeah, it's a really great show. Other channel news, we'll, we'll be keep going with the TikTok reviews as well. Just got to get the burnt out energy out and when I have time. It's really hard with a full-time job that just sucks the life out of you. And full-time kids. And full-time kids is hard, too. Mm-hmm. On top of, as soon as it's like the kids go to sleep, I am done for the night. Same. I know. We, we were in this together. <laughs> All right. We usually do show me your socks, show me your wares. And I always, I regret doing the socks because I'm always too warm. I never wear socks. What do you got on, babe? Slippers. <laughs> Literally just slippers. Is it your Halloween slippers? No, it's my black ones. Missed opportunity. Mm. Those fall off easy. I was going to wear the boo socks you got for the whole event. I saw them. I forgot to put them on. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit? Or no, let's, let's wait on it. What are you nerding out on? It's weird because I, I know this answer. Gen V. Gen V. Mm-hmm. The last two days has been the Gen V. It's one of those shows that we like... We were so stuck up on One Piece for a good month. Yep. I think the fact that we got to episode, what is it, 104 now we're on, mm-hmm. is really impressive for the fact that we have two kids, full-time jobs. And we've only been watching it for like maybe three weeks? No, it's been six weeks. It's Has mi- it really been that long? No, I it's been think- five weeks. I didn't think we started it that long It was mid mid-September. Hmm. And we're like late October. Time flies. It does. Five weeks though. Very impressive for a hundred episodes. You know, within a year we will be where we need to be. Will we though? Probably. I feel not. like we kinda lose interest every now and again and then we switch shows and then we go back to things. Yeah, that's why we switch to Because we still haven't <laughs> we still haven't finished Better Call Saul. Oh yeah. That's that is an episode I want to do with Michael. For Breaking Bad, mm. Better Call Saul. But I got to like recap because it's been a while since we finished Breaking Bad. But I did a couple recaps during the summer on this show. Alright, what are you not... What are you nerding out on that I'm not aware of? Wednesday on Wednesday. Netflix. Oh, talk about it. <clears throat> what do you mean talk about it? Like the plot line or... Yeah, so tell me a little bit about it. I know nothing about it. I just know it's kind of good. I mean, it's kind of, it's just a basic twist off of the Adams family. Only they can really lean into um, 
they really lean into the fact that Wednesday is kind of like this emotionless psychopath mm. and she's gotten kicked out of like all of her schools so she went to I can't remember the name starts with a G maybe I don't know but she goes to a school that's for special children you know like werewolves and witches and whatever mm. um and she kind of falls in love but doesn't want to admit it but's trying to hunt a monster and yeah just kind of from what you've seen so far so you haven't finished oh no i finished it oh what would you give as a quick fresh take rating uh i'd give it a four four great yeah Yeah. it's it's pretty good i hear it's pretty good so it matches that lines up i think the yeah we're gen v one piece and then we watched the first episode of Loki. Oh yeah, that and was really fucking good. You you really liked it? Yeah. You, okay. I miss Loki. Loki. Like that was one of my favorite shows. That was one of our first shows that we yeah. watched together. I'll be honest, after watching Gen V, watching Loki was just such a like Yeah, it was like I was, really I mean, chill compared to Gen V. <laughs> it's like okay, it felt more fillerish, but I'm not necessarily like off on <laughs> Loki yet. But yeah, it, like watching those two, like watching Gen V, then watching Loki, it's like, oh, this is um, like a step down in like storytelling mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll be surprised at the end of the season. But, you know, Marvel lately has kind of been dropping the ball, at least for TV shows. It hasn't been that great. I know the last thing for Marvel you watch is Guardians, so it doesn't quite match up. But Secret Invasion wasn't quite the greatest Mm-mm. didn't you watch the first episode with secret invasion with me and you're just like no or was you... that the one that you said oh I had yeah to have watched captain yeah captain marvel marvel yeah no i never watched it didn't understand it couldn't right. follow along should we get into the news sure let's do it it's time for a new squeaky All right, let's get into it. Speaking of Gen V, season two is now out. Or season two is coming out. Like it, They renewed season two for mm-hmm. Gen V. And I did, sp- Brandon broke the news, but since we're talking about it, added it on. Which I'm pretty happy that they're doing uh, Gen V. I hope they don't do too many spinoffs with like the boys universe, but I am intrigued about this universe. Mm-hmm. Deadpool 3's director was talking about the movie and one of the things he's most surprised as or most surprised by is the amount of cameos like celebrity cameos he was able to get for all the ideas he had because he wasn't he was expecting to convince people but apparently they just jumped on board because they love deadpool as a character and they love ryan reynolds and the biggest rumor for like Celebrity cameo is Taylor Swift as Dazzler. What? Yeah, Taylor Swift. And here's why. Because Taylor Swift is now dating Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And uh, during the New York Jets game in New York, she was there with Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, his wife, as well as Hugh Jackman, Wolverine, who's going to be in Deadpool 3. So now, since... I thought he didn't want to be Wolverine again. Oh, they changed that. Or... They changed that. 
<laughs> I'm a little tired. Uh, Hugh Jackman, actually, they... I thought I showed you the video where he came out and he's saying he's coming back. Mm-mm. Oh. Well, bad on me. Yeah. Him and uh, Ryan Reynolds made a video together saying that he's, they're making Deadpool 3 and he's coming back as Wolverine. But this is a different Wolverine than we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Or as far as I can tell, he's going to be like a variant. But the rumors on Deadpool 3 is it's going to be based on the comic Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. It's going to be... Deadpool kills the Fox universe, and it's going to be all the cameos from the old Fox universe. That's the rumor. Hmm. With apparently Taylor Swift work. as Dazzler. And I, I put in here apparently Taylor Swifty. Yeah. It has red. It's not right. All right. Next news X Skyrim developer talks how Bethesda games' choices don't have any weight to them they don't mean much fallout games skyrim games as compared to like Baldur's gate whereas like your choices that you make don't impact the story all that much it impacts like which factions you can go to but it doesn't impact the overall story that was kind of an interesting tidbit since we both play bethesda games i still gotta play Baldur's gate 3 i gotta get on that mm-hmm all right, last one. This is Marvel news. So in Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a continuity error where it's like eight years later after, uh, I think, I believe it's the Avengers movies, but like it didn't work up with the other movies. And now the MCU has released a new timeline book where it actually refix the continuity error and places it between the eight years. Okay. Interesting. All right, you ready to get into it? Mm-hmm. Now our main story from the night, and I'm under 20 minutes. That's a record for me. It takes like 20 minutes. Main story tonight, Halloween. We're going to review not all the Halloween movies, because that's way too many Halloween movies. We're going to be reviewing Halloween 1 from three different iterations. Halloween... 1978, Halloween, 2007, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and the latest reboot, Halloween 2018. And I thought it'd be a very interesting comparison between Halloween, or I thought we both kind of just agreed that out of all the Halloween movies, the best like three that we would cover would be from each reboot and comparing them to each other. So that's what we have in store for the night. We'll start with 2007, Rob Zombie, and 2018. So starting with Halloween. Actually, I wrote 2007. Hall- Is it 2007? Oh, okay. I have it wrong. Halloween 1978. I feel like the first like thing we saw was kind of like how... I don't want to say old school, but it just feels like an old, more amateurish movie. But it's not like a necess- B movie, almost like a B movie, but yeah. not necessarily because like the I actually thought the directing in this film was pretty good. I enjoyed the directing and I enjoyed the simplistic shots with everything, like I like thought, the camera angles and stuff. Yeah, and this is like one of the big like noticeable differences. Hmm. So, what do you think? Should we just go for a plop or? Uh, 
notes that we have or should we do plot details what do you think would be the more interesting option i have no idea none whatsoever what do you mm-hmm. want to do i don't know all right so let's talk about the first kind of fir- like the first scene and it's kind of interesting because like the story is kind of classic through all the three films it's kind of the same story right mm-hmm. it's halloween night uh his sister is with her boyfriend michael decides to kill his sister and in other in each and all these other films there's other people involved mm-hmm. he as a child gets caught and then 15 years later or how many years later when he's adult he comes back out that's kind of just the basic narrative and this is the first film i believe is just kind of like it's very simple it's very just mm-hmm. it's a simple movie with a simple plot with simple directing styles but i feel even though it's simplistic it's very effective mm-hmm. definitely and i thought it was really interesting like the first like the because we just rewatched the first scene and we watched this movie a couple times because we kept falling asleep because we're old and we have kids old kids tiring <laughs> jobs yeah but I thought what was really interesting was like it was just a POV shot for the first for 1978. Mm-hmm. It's just we just see Michael, we see him one like it's Halloween night through the mask. Well, through really, his eyes first. Yeah. Well, yeah, I and, really like that part. And you see him sneak and see his like girlfriend or not his girlfriend, his sister and her boyfriend. And 1978 kissing is so weird. It's acting, kissing. Acting. Well, like the dude was just like rubbing his nose on the girl, but they like. And then they rub cheeks. It was yeah. weird. It, like it felt very night or like nineteen fifties style of like showing love. Mm-hmm. But then you see Michael like go up the stairs. He's sneaking. Uh, you see the clown mask, which we'll talk about later. And then you see like a naked girl, which is like weird to think of. Like you see like this really like fifties like teenager couple then you see like a naked girl and he puts on the mask and then he kills his sister which (laughs) the scream of the sister like ah 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 yeah no very fake horrible actress (laughs) just the yeah the acting and then he comes out his parents see him he takes off the mask and he just has a blank face and the movie goes and then we get to Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Stroud and her and her friends are talking they're talking about sex and she's more of like the classic like oh what's it called the final girl she's like a classic final girl right yeah she's one of the more like when she portrays innocence in this movie compared to all her friends who are out fucking their boyfriends yeah you know very much so which I feel like is an interesting comparison to the next movie we'll do um, the Rob Zombie one. And I really thought this movie was just, again, simple because it's just showing her and her friends interact. Her friends are all sexually active, trying to get laid with her boyfriends, as you stated. And she's there babysitting. Mm-hmm. She goes to school and Michael's, she sees Michael. He's just standing there. Um, he murders at one. Oh, let's talk about, I think we're jumping ahead of the plot a little bit. Michael's in prison. There's Dr. Loomis, and they're doing a transfer. And there's only, like, a few men of this transfer. He escapes. Dr. Loomis is concerned, and he goes to Hattonfield. In the 1978? Yeah. 
Well, yeah, he escapes mm. via the prison transfer, and then he goes back to Haddonfield. Also, I didn't look up Haddonfield. Do you think it's a real town? I have no idea. I feel like I should know this. I don't feel like it is, but I'm curious where it is. I'm assuming it's just like a Chicago suburb because most of Illinois is kind of like you have Chicago suburbs and then you have like more smaller towns, kind of like St. Cloud, Minnesota throughout. But it's really just like open cornfields. So I'm like curious, like where is Haddonfield? Should have looked that up beforehand. Michael escapes. And it's really like weird because like you've, during the scene... Michael's driving the car or like you see the car and you see like the inmates like going overwards and then Michael steals a car and drives off. My first question is how the fuck does Michael Myers know how to drive a car? Well, not only that, my question is why didn't he kill anyone else? Like yeah. there was a busload of people there that he could have killed and he didn't touch a single one of them. Yeah. Why? And like one of the th- yeah, and the Dr. Loomis is like he's pure evil, right? Mm-hmm. But he doesn't necessarily his motivations are always weird and that's one of the things i want to talk about is his motivations because there's individuals he'll kill but then there's individuals he won't kill and it seems almost random kind of anyway he runs off and now he's stalking his family which again how does he know that's his sister. There's so many. I have so many questions. It seems like it's like a natural, like, he just, like, seeks out. Because so I just want to know, like, how does he know this information? How does he know where Haddonfield is? How does he know how to read a map? There's so I many think other. you're thinking of the wrong movie because 1978, Jamie Lee Curtis isn't his sister. She's just, yeah. Isn't it not his sister? It was the Rob Zombie one. No, no, no. They're both sisters. It's uh, 2018. He's on his sister. Yeah. I didn't think that she was a sister. When did it? Ex- when did it say that in the movie? I guess I missed it. Now I'm super confused. Cause yeah. Now we gotta look this up. Have I just like? I think you've been talking about. Um, the 2007 one. Do 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 do. Okay. Most entries in the franchise depict Laurie as Michael's younger sister, although this detail is not present in the first film. And was also disregarded by most recent entries, the 2008 film. Okay, we're both right. Okay. I will so say in that one, it's insinuated. It's not stated. It is not stated. But, okay. like, in future continuity of that storyline, Lori is Michael's sister. So we're both kind of right here. Because in the first movie, it's not a sister... But they later on like kind of retcon that she is. Yeah, so that's my, in the 2007 one where they yeah. touch on that. My first like Halloween experience is Halloween H2O, which is like the worst name ever. Like it has to, like I feel like Friday the first like 13th has to be in like an H T like H2O title. No. Mm-mm. What the water kills him? I don't know. 
But anyway, yeah, he goes back and he finds like he's just stalking Lori, mm-hmm. which we never know necessarily why he's stalking her. We just see that he's stalking her, which is kind of part of the mystery of the character. Well, I feel like he stalks her because like everyone else in the movie is not innocent and she's the only one that's portrayed as innocent. That could be. And so I feel like he just kind of has some kind of morbid curiosity with that. Yeah. You're right. Because like he literally does fixate on her. Yeah. And kills pretty much everyone around her except yeah. for the kids. Well, Halloween starts, right? Yeah. And then, you know, all the her one friend who's very sexually active gets killed. Mm-hmm. And then her other friend is she's babysitting Timmy isn't it I think it's Timmy in both films and Timmy often brings up the boogeyman and that's one of the questions is the boogeyman's real the boogeyman's real the idea of this boogeyman I guess my first question to you is do you think Michael Myers fits the description as boogeyman yeah because if you look at the first movie um I mean he kind of acts like the boogeyman he's standing outside your house in between your sheets yeah and he's staring at you and then you look back and he's gone mm-hmm. like he never fucking existed like a shadow so i can't like when i think of the boogeyman i think of like this dark shadow that just you can see you sense but you can't see yeah i will say yeah they, they that's a really good description because i feel they do that often especially mm-hmm. with like this John Carpenter's like directing skills and yep. trick with all the shots that they get. Yeah, and he's just constantly stalking. And I, I the and the, on. the one scene um where she walks in on all the dead bodies, and then she comes out and she's standing in the dark doorway. Mm-hmm. And then that shot where Michael's fa- the mask like slowly comes into view, mm-hmm. like he's the boogeyman. You know, that was a great shot because you can, the audience, you can see him, yeah. but she can't yet. So that just like, that creates the tension. Yeah. You're like, you know, he's going to strike, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to attack. And it's, mm-hmm. again, this movie's really slow. It's very like, it's going to ramp up quickly. Yeah. They and... really make you fucking wait for it. Oh yeah. And I really, again, I like the opening shot because you get the POV of Michael and you see him creeping mm-hmm. where he's like. He's not a boogeyman yet, but he's like a boogie kid. He's just staring, then he attacks, then he stares, and he attacks. So it almost seems kind of, um, kind of methodical. Yeah. Like, um, uh, what is it? There is the what is it? The chaos thing that we always say. Oh, I'm blanking. I know. I the am chaos too. thing? Organized chaos. Yeah. Our organized chaos. There's a system in in this chaos. Yeah, he, he like creates chaos, but is like does so in like a methodical fashion. Yeah, because he could have killed all those kids on the street in Halloween masks, mm-hmm. but he didn't. No. Because if he did that, he would have got taken down right away. Like it seems almost methodical, but also there's Random no motivation. Times. Yeah, there's like no motivation for what he's doing and who he's killing it seems like he's i don't know if i would say he's anti-sex but he definitely kills sex and that would make sense because you're not innocent right i don't know if he cares about innocence i know he he in this film alone i think he hates sex because his sister had it his sister neglected him 
before having se- to have sex yeah. yes also that but was like, I, I will say that was the quickest sex scene of a sister i don't know like five <laughs> fucking minutes Oof. i don't even know if it was a minute or like five minutes it was like a minute yeah it wasn't he like you know looking out the window they go upstairs he comes inside and like two minutes later the guy's just like dipping out it's like all right this guy's like a one pump jump and it was like fuck it i got what i wanted i'm out i also kind of feel like um well no i'll touch on this after we talk about the next one all right so yeah how do you feel about um when the action finally started do you feel like michael was terrifying even in a 1978 simple horror film I mean, yeah, if you think about it in that time period, stuff like that just didn't happen no. often at all. You or know, you now didn't we hear have about school it. shootings and shit. But like back then it was it just it didn't happen often. Or you and didn't... so the thought of some random stranger showing up at your house with a mask, you don't know who he is, where he's from, what his motivation is, and he's got a mask and chase or a knife and you know, Incredibly chasing down strong. your friends. Yeah. Of course, that's terrifying, especially for women in that time. Yeah, no, that's like, a good. That's a very good point. Yeah, you know, especially like women, like who you know are out there having sex, mm-hmm. who are known as you know, uh, I can't think of the word. Who's just more willing to have sex? I'm trying to avoid the word "slut" in this. Promiscuous. Promiscuous, yes. Open. And like I feel like in that time period, you're more you were punished socially, mm-hmm. and I felt like horror films in general kind of punish you for having sex. And this is very much a scream, you know, like Basically. don't have sex. Yeah. Timeline where Laurie is innocent, but then once he kills all her friends, and Laurie is now screaming with the kids and getting the you know trying to protect the kids, he does go then go after Laurie, which I think is just. Like, obviously, the movie has to exist in the movie. Like, he has to go after the final girl. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just an interesting... Like, he didn't try to... He's just trying to kill her in this film. And I gotta say, though, too, Dr. Loomis is, like... I feel like he's very useless in this film. Yeah. Because he, like, goes and waits at Michael's house. And he just, like, never comes. And there's, like, one scene during the trick-or-treaters come, and he's, like, trying to scare him away. And he's like... Oh, you know, he's like talking. He's like, who goes? <laughs> they run off and he's just like, he just like chuckles to him. So I'm like, dude, <laughs> like all like you have, you know, somebody's out there that's going to present mass murder. And here you are scaring children away from the house. Yeah. You think you're helping, but you're really not. Like, I want to say he's not helping. Well, I want to say he's negatively affecting the situation, but it's like, man, do more. Yeah, but he's not helping, like, period. He do thinks more. he knows Michael. He thinks Michael's going to go back home. He doesn't realize that Michael is infatuated with Lori. Yes. And is obsessed and is over there stalking her and killing her friends. Which in this film, we don't know why. But in later films, it ex- explains that he, that is his sister. Yeah. Which this... Again, if we were to explore the earlier films, we would definitely know why at this point. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the ending of this film? Let's talk about the ending. Because, you know, he's chasing Lori. Um, I forget the cops were called in this film, and he killed the cops. I forget. Do 
How many can I can do this? Yes. Just the humming was bugging me. No, that's fair. All right. I don't think the cops are wait. I don't remember the cops being in this film. Mm-mm. I will say these films like stack up a lot where it's hard to distinguish after watching the three, mm-hmm. which is kind of by design, at least for the first, like Rob Zombie definitely like tried to imitate it. Tried to lot. imitate it. He had a lot of throwbacks in his, which we'll get to yeah. and we'll talk if this works or not. But I want to talk about the end because Laurie Sanchez's mask off. He's distracting him. Loomis then shoots Michael. And the only thing he does, Michael falls off the roof. She asks, is he the boogeyman? And he says, indeed, he is. Mm-hmm. Or a matter of, as matter of fact, he is. And then they look, and he's gone. And the movie is over. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that ending? Um, I don't really know how I feel about that one. Because I feel like when you get stabbed with a coat hanger... And shot like seven times, and all this. You should probably, you'd be dead. Like if I was shot seven fucking times in the torso, I'd be dead. You would, and that's like I think they're trying to portray him as something that is supernatural. With yes, it seems like it. However, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that they've given us before this to tell us that he's supernatural. It tells us he's a sociopath or psychopath. Which is, I feel like. By design, right? Because at first he's just portrayed as a simple man who is killing all these people, and then he gets attacked and stabbed and shot at, and then still walks off. And I think like the idea of like the boogie—if you kill the boogeyman, he's no longer frightening, right? Mm. But if you kill the boogeyman and then he is not killed. That's terrifying. Yeah. You don't know where he is. You don't know when he's going to strike again. Mm-hmm. So I think for what they're going for, it is very effective. Like seeing this in theater in 1978 would be terrifying. However, seeing this like retrospectively, watching it, it's like, that's it? Yeah. And then not watching Halloween 2 feels a little, um, it feels like it's a part one of a part two films yeah a little bit so all right what would you give this as a rating the first halloween one yeah halloween 1978 and just to remind the audience and yourself one is trash two is meh three is good four is great and five is elite best of its genre and then pluses and minus if you're borderline I'd give it like a three plus. Wow, we are on the money on that one. I gave it a three plus as well. Yeah, like but, I like, um, I like what it, the story it's trying to tell, but it was a simpler time back then. Yeah. Um, but I also really enjoy a lot of the camera angles and stuff, yep. a lot of the shots. However, it's not relevant anymore. That's like fair. it's not relatable. It's a different time period back then. It's literally been fucking shit. It's been like forty years, fifty years. 40 uh, thirty-five. No, 
45. My yeah. math is off. It's been a think. long fucking time. Regardless, it's a different. 2008, it's 18, a, 45, 45 years. It's a different, um, like a different generation. You know, just like if we were to watch something from the 40s, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to we shouldn't be able to relate to it because it's a different time yeah which i don't but i don't know if it takes away from the rating of the film i guess this is where i see it i gave it a three plus two because i'm like i i don't know if i can say this is a great film if i say for the time being i would probably give it a four at the time a four plus maybe but now retrospectively watching it it's a, a simple but effective film. The directing is a four. The mm-hmm. directing is amazing. But the story is kind of just myth for me. Mm-hmm. Like the story isn't like that engaging. It's too slow. And Michael has been flushed out so much that like the mystique and mystery of the character is not quite there because we know Michael Myers, which isn't necessarily like a fault of this film, but it's hard to grade it as without that knowledge without that knowledge it's hard to give it more anyway simply because like we are so used to having more of a fleshed out story mm-hmm. so a story to me is two plus the directing is a four some of the acting's just got awful but i think overall three plus is accurate and if someone want to say no it's, it's a great film four minus like i was debating between three plus four minus and I ended up going as a three plus because I'm like I don't know if I would recommend this film to other people. I'm like, it's a great like for an intro to film class for the horror genre. Like it is a staple. It is a good to learn your foundation for horror movies, but it's not like the best horror movie of all time. Okay, I'm gonna go back to that different time period thing and like yeah. explain myself a little bit. So yeah. like we are a different generation. We've been ruined by all the new cinematic shit that they've come out with. Oh, yeah. Like, we've been ruined with amazing storytelling already. (laughs) Like, going back Mm. to something that looks like a B-movie, you're going to be a little, like, put off because it's a different style than what you're used to. I'd, I'd agree with that. This like, is also... So that's why I rated it a little lower is just because I'm mm-hmm. a little biased with, you know. Well, this leads to one of my first questions, which is, is this the OG Sasha film? I think Psycho was the OG slasher film. Is but Psycho I think a Halloween, film, I think Halloween really opened that door. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, it's it's a good horror because it is scary. Yeah. It's a very real thing. But it's also a slasher because not a lot of films in that time did that. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre what came out before Halloween if I remember correctly. Did it? I don't I don't remember. I thought it came out I feel like it was a 73 film. And I want to double check this. Texas Chainsaw, 1974. So that was like the first slasher film. But I feel like Halloween was like the first film that finally gained steam and then just Mm -hmm. became a genre. Mm -hmm. Because first, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then it was Halloween, and then like 
Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, wasn't there another Halloween that came out in like 81 or something though too? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Is that what that was? Yeah, it has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Yeah. It's barely a slasher film, but it's actually one of those films that like, it kind of holds up these days. It's more of like, it has a cult following. Like its own standalone type film. Yeah, they wanted to do like an anthology series with Halloween and make like, I think Trick or Treat the movie. But doing it for each movie is a different story. Mm. But uh, everyone wanted Michael Myers back. I remember watching Halloween 3 like on TV. and be like, oh, yeah, scary movie. And this is when I was into scary movies when I was a teenager. And I said, I don't know You were watch. into scary movies as a teenager? I was. What the fuck me, happened? Me and my dad watched like Nightmare on Elm Street a couple times. What the fuck happened? What happened? Yeah. I, I watched too many slasher films. And I don't know. I think the ADHD just kicked in and I got bored because like watching the Ugh. same thing. If I if I had a guess, I don't hate horror films. I just get bored of the genre because mm-hmm. it's the same tropes. But there is some amazing horror films. Does this film hold up? Would you say? The seventy eight. Yeah. We kind of already talked this. Talked I mean, kind of. I think you can watch it, but I don't. I feel like you watch it to respect the OG of like the horror genre. Yeah, just so you know, you know, you can say you watched it and you know your shit. And we already talked about uh, is it good? Is it a good ending or meh? Meh. Is the doctor worthless? Completely. Would we like this film if it was released now? If it were the exact same as what it was? Yeah. No. I don't think so either. Maybe if it was like more modernized, I feel like it might have like a conjuring appeal. <laughs> if it were more modernized, they tried to modernize it several times. That's why there's like <laughs> that's why we're here. Fo- yeah, there's that's, that's why, why there's like fucking fourteen of them or whatever the fuck it is now. Like they tried to modernize it, but they also tried to make it their own, which is the shitty part because I feel like if they were to actually replay the original and make it. Like the original, it wouldn't be bad. I don't know about that. They try to do Psycho like exactly the same with Vince Vaughn. Yeah, no, that one was that. Just... Uh, was like, is this the exact same? But it's modern. But like, this doesn't like work Mm-mm. for some reason. Like it. It's like that hip hop Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm hip-hop. sorry, my age is showing. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're. Tra- Wow, dip, 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 dip. let's transition. <laughs> I was going to say we should segue because we're talking about new iterations to Halloween 2007, the Rob Zombie Halloween. And the, I think the first thing I noticed was, God damn, this is a Rob Zombie film. Mm-hmm. His characters are um, hard to love. Yeah, they're all rough around the edges. Cause holy fuck. They're all like kind of pieces of shit. Yeah, the stepdad especially. Yeah, the deadbeat who broke his arm can't do anything, but is just like can't abusive. Can't do anything. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and looks at his stepdaughter like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then she's just like, even though like the first film was like, you know, she's promiscuous, she's not innocent. This one is like, yeah, no, she is not innocent. Mm-hmm. So this one is a little bit different because this movie is is basically kind of like a remake of the first Halloween. But they go... The first half of the movie 
is all about Michael Myers. Backstory. Backstory. And I think some people hate it because like the mystery like the mystery of Michael Myers and not understanding him that has its appeal. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that was my favorite part of this whole film. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed seeing his backstory and getting a little more information on him. Yeah. And that, like even though like this isn't like the main iteration of Michael Myers, Mm-mm. I feel that like I I like this attempt of trying to understand Michael, understand mm-hmm. like why he turned especially for that time period because technically wasn't it set in the 70s yeah like it was set in like they were living in the 70s and so he was the doctor was like trying to figure him out because Mm -hmm. he's at the time he was an anomaly yeah yeah and um it was interesting because like you kind of understand why michael kind of becomes corrupt you know he's being neglected his mom's a stripper is often gone Mm -hmm. then he's you sister know, treats him like shit sister neglects him stepdad is abusive and neglectful and he just feels like hideous inside and you get like that sense where he just feels like this he's getting bullied at school and he like thinks he's ugly so he's wearing the mask and it's like i like just understanding michael mm-hmm. and i do think there's a big negative effect to that but i also am just intrigued watching like the first half of this film in this movie yes do you think that him snapping and killing people could be a coping mechanism for his shitty life yeah honestly like, like a split personality disorder something dissociation identity dissociation did in a way uh, i mean not, not sure. like exactly like that yeah. but it could be like his coping mechanism like he just switches it off yeah well and he just it's like uh this autopilot is an, this is an angry michael yeah whereas like the first film was like a emotionless killing machine michael where this mm. is kind of childlike though too because he he was incarcerated as a kid right and didn't speak so he had no education so the first one but i feel like is car. more like you <laughs> and it could read a map Hollywood. <laughs> Is it Hollywood? It's Hollywood. <laughs> Anyways. But I thought it was interesting because this film, you just get a like a good understanding of Michael. Mm-hmm. Again, there's a big con that we'll talk about. But he snaps, right? He's His bully is going at him. And the doctor comes in and the school principal the school person that represents the school i'm assuming it's the principal i forget the small details of it and they bring mom in is like hey like we noticed that there's dead animals and there's pictures of dead animals like this is a warning sign that he is a dangerous yeah didn't he have a dead cat in his bag he did yeah which is yeah very much a clear sign like me working at a school and i see that like yeah no this person needs help <laughs> lock him up like he is dangerous. Fuck that kid. Obviously, 70s different, you know. And then mom's just like, no, 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 no. This isn't Michael. It can't be him. He's innocent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like his mom is like the only one who sees Michael as an innocent kid. Whereas everybody else just neglects him and treats him wrong. But she's has to, she can't take care of him like she can. She has to, you know, live a wage and is essentially kind of neglecting him anyway. Mm-hmm. Michael gets bullied in the bathroom. He gets his revenge. And I think that's the moment he snaps, right? Mm-hmm. And after he snaps, 
and if we go with the split personality just like order which i think fits he starts killing everybody starts killing lori kills the boyfriend kills the dad who is a very heavy sleeper yeah apparently it's duct tape and then wakes up yeah right actually i'm <laughs> all right quick question for you since you know me and you know i'm a heavy sleeper could i would i get duct tape would i wake up i could probably duct tape you oh man i feel like i'm gonna wake up being duct <laughs> you're gonna wake up dead i hope it's <laughs> <laughs> i know make it instead make of, sense instead right? of slitting my rope i hope it's something else <laughs> you're gross <laughs> So he gets his revenge. He doesn't kill Angel Boo, mm-hmm. who Baby. Uh, turns into Lori, or Lori mm-hmm. and doesn't kill Mom. And he's also can well. We talk that's about- because technically Mom was his, like his only ally. Loving. Yeah, I don't want to say like. I think ally is the best word and for ba- it. And then the baby was advocate. Yeah, and then the baby is just pure innocence. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Which baby doesn't, doesn't bully him. Baby, you know, it's yeah, just he, he truly loves baby. Mm-hmm. You think? You think Michael kills his sister because he didn't get to go trick or treating in the first movie? Second, uh, this movie, Rob Zombie's film. Mm. Or do you think he would kill her anyway? I think he would kill all of them anyways because they all treated him like shit. I think eventually he would have killed them if like left to his own devices. Mm-hmm. But I think his stepdad would definitely die anyway. But I also oh, feel God, like yeah. it, I feel like it was also just kind of like a snap snap situation. Like he snapped on the bully. He comes home. He's not getting what he wants. He's like, fuck it. I already killed somebody already. Might as well just kill them too because fuck them. I get like that sense from him. How do you feel about the mask? Because he's wearing the... It kind of changed up the story of his mask. And the idea of that... And this was the cracked one, right? Well, this is eventually turns into the cracked one. But starts off, he's wearing the clown mask. Like, that was his go-to oh, mask. Oh, yeah, and then he made the paper mache ones in prison. Yep. Well, he actually puts on the Michael Myers mask. Because mm. um, Judith's uh, boyfriend wears, like, this blank gray mask. He kills... The boyfriend then puts it on. Mm-hmm. And then eventually becomes his mask, which is a question that I have too, because I thought that was really interesting. Then we get into him going to prison, or mom. We get to see the mom reaction. She's distraught, obviously. Yeah, and she actually, when he goes to prison, she actually gets to see that side of him. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like she didn't believe that he killed anyone initially, and then we yeah. see her go away, but then we see the report, or she's just devastated uh-huh and then we see michael and dr loomis actually kind of like work together and like we get to see this transition of you know kid michael to you know killing machine michael mm-hmm. he was talking and then he transitioned to not talking he kills a nurse who was being neglectful mm-hmm. which i think is an interesting like did she just turn around to neglect him and he just snapped instantly i don't know I wonder if that was like thoughtful that way or if it was intentional the way they wrote it i mean maybe it was kind of intentional just like in uh hannibal when they show him you know he wasn't restrained or didn't have the mouth guard yet and he chewed Mm -hmm. off the face of the one nurse yeah like maybe it was something like that to kind of show 
that he is just that violent just because mm -hmm. and then mom snaps. like show the evil and then mom snaps kills him or kills herself too yep because she couldn't stand it all the rumors the talk being you know tied to him the I psychopath mean, i don't blame her but she did have a baby girl so it's hard to like i uh, know um what's your thoughts of danny trejo being in this film the he's kind of like the caretaker oh, the janitor yeah. you know i don't know names come on i know but you know <clears throat> but you know the actor yeah i enjoyed him in this film but i really i thought it was like wish, kinda, huh i thought he was too famous for the role a little bit it was like oh hey it's danny especially Trejo. for such a short role yeah but I thought his character was interesting. He like he was kind of a father figure in a way, not father figure, but like more he was, of a friend because the doctor was more of a father figure. Yeah, over but the he was years. like a friend. And then like Michael gets older, and we transition to the modern story or like mm -hmm. the present, present yeah, present yep, day not story. Past. And not recollection. The new guy comes in. He's treating him with dignity. And he's like, this is a piece of shit. And one, I've actually, I've worked with so many, like, I mean, me, you met in an autism clinic. We worked in so many different factors. And when you work with, like, either when it's kids, when you work with um, rehab or you work with in the prison area, like, just generally treating people with respect gets you far. Oh, yeah. And I, like, and I know it's just cinema, but when I see that person just treating him like shit... Not saying he doesn't deserve it, but like he's already doing his like he's doing his penance there. Like, don't egg on further. Yeah, you know, like he's already paying for his mistake. Yeah, which I mean, I was, completely get that. But that was the first time I was like, okay, yep. When he comes in and he's like, "Why are you treating this, you know, piece of trash like humans?" Like because like if you treat him as a human, he will act to you as a human. Yeah. But if you treat him as a treat monster... Him, treat them like you want to be treated. Exactly. Treat him with respect, he'll treat you with respect. Or at least that was his theory yeah. at the beginning of the movie. And then he started making, you know, masks. He had the paper mask and mm -hmm. the paper mache mask. And on Halloween, like, the night before Halloween, we get this orange mask. What are your thoughts on this orange mask? You didn't like it? Mm -mm. I thought that was my favorite mask of his. Why? Because I thought it fit the Halloween, like, theme well. Because Michael on Halloween only goes hand-in-hand -hand because of the fact that he does his murder on Halloween. It doesn't necessarily, like, nothing else really correlates. It does later on in, like, the other films when we get into the Cult of Thorn. Well, we'll talk about the Cult of Thorn a little bit, too, and, like, the the lore that comes with the cult of thorn but that's only in like some iterations i just thought it was a cool mask that was like my favorite mask of his but i just like the idea of like him making mask and that was just his thing he always wears masks mm -hmm. of course he murders everybody he escapes and he goes in the hat and field and we start the regular story and this is where we start meeting Lori and all of her friends and this Lori is different than the first Lori. And I... Vastly different. Yeah, like the first scene that we get to know her and she's like talking about like... Sex with a professor. Yeah, and like with like the bagels. It's like, man, she's not innocent. She's Bagel not a, boobs. 
<laughs> bagel. <laughs> I'm sorry. And... and it was just one of those like, okay, this isn't instant Lori. This is a change. Yep. I don't like this Lori. And then we, we get the same iterations, you know, like she's in school, her friends are in school, her friends talk about, they're all talking about sex instead of like her friends are talking about sex. Mm-hmm. He's just a creepy guy standing there. They're like, oh, whatever. They don't really seem to be concerned about the creepy guy at all. No. They're like, oh, he's creepy. And then they keep walking. Like, I would be so, like, I don't know if, I don't know if that's how girls would act. If you see a creepy guy in a mask, I feel like they would react more. Oh, fuck. I'd call the police and run. <laughs> or maybe it's just us and our personality. I don't know. I don't know either. But they just, you know, shake it off as nothing. And we kind of just go with the same steps of the first movie, right? I mean, right? in their defense, it was Halloween. That That is that is fair. You know. That is fair. I've so had a like, lot of... if it is on Halloween and someone's wearing a mask, it's not completely terrifying you know yeah it's also i've actually had trick-or-treating experiences where people in masks just follow you trying to scare you mm-hmm. like it's kind of weirdly normalized it's like oh this person's you know like it's kind of terrifying this person's following us with a fake knife but at the same time it is halloween this is what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. so he does kind of like blend in and then the killing starts and I feel like I, I don't really want to talk about the killings. It's just kind of... Gore. It's just gore. It's kind of there. There's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no rhyme and reason. And honestly, he butchers way more people than he did in the first one. He does. The one butchering that I thought was crazy was uh, Lori's step-parents. Where, like, he opens the door and boom, Michael Myers is just there. It's like a jump scare. He just stabs him immediately. Yeah, and then it's goes like, after the mom, too. It's just like a complete stealth kill. So, it's, is, like, do you think that's because he thinks they were acting like parents to her and, like, they can't replace his parents? I don't know if there's rhyme and reason. I, yeah, I know. That it's hard, hard to tell. And like, like the first part of the movie, you can they put it together for you. But the second part of the movie, it's like they just wanted to make a slasher film just to be a slasher, yeah. gory. And film. this is where I feel like the film just turns into like something super interesting to like, hey, we're just copying the first film. Pretty much, yeah. Because like it just like we get like an understanding of Michael. And I feel like they don't do anything with that understanding. Mm-mm. And there's only like a couple scenes where you get that understanding, but it just doesn't, I don't feel it. I don't resonate with it. Like the first kill, it seems like he's just killing for overalls. Mm-hmm. You know, he kills the the giant dude. You see Michael's strength. He kills him. And then he moves on to the teenagers. He's killing all the teenagers. And then there's that scene where he finally, he finds Lori and he's trying to like communicate with Lori, like, "Hey, show her the picture." Like we're we're related, yeah. But like he doesn't speak. Yeah. And well, he... not only that, but she doesn't know him. She was an infant at the time, and she genuinely thinks that those people that he killed were her parents. Yeah. Which I feel like was such a huge misopportunity. Yeah. Like, I feel like this would have been a better scene if it was kind of like she knew more. 
Yeah, if they had more to the story, like or if halfway through the movie, before that interaction, maybe she had found a newspaper or something yeah. and investigated it. Or like if he spoke in this moment, and this is the first time he's spoken in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like give us something a little bigger instead mm-hmm. of just all the gore. Give us more story or give us something more climactic like him speaking like you said it was just kind of like hey do you remember the first film like we're just gonna do the first film again or really that's pretty much what it was it was a modernized film it was the same names uh timmy or tommy whoever the kid was like the boogeyman is here the boogeyman is here tommy is it Tommy? It's Tommy. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. I think in Timmy, because we just watched Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> was my thought, too. <laughs> oh, no, it's Tommy, because I like, can hear Jamie Lee Curtis banging on the door in my head. But, like, none of these... I feel like none of these moments worked, because none of these moments were earned. These moments are just like, hey... It's a copycat. It, they're just copying. And the only films that, like, the only times it worked is when, like, it did something new. Mm-hmm. And it added to, like, this lore of Michael. And I guess something like when it's a reboot remake, yes, it's cool to like revisit the certain scenes that made the first film work. But I also feel like if you're going in a completely new direction, to double down on that new direction. There's always going to be haters with different reboots who do different stories. Well, I feel like that first half of that movie could have been its own <laughs> fucking movie, and they could have just made the sla- the second film, the slasher film, you know. Yeah, and that's essentially what it was. And every t- attempt to make it more or make this Michael more personable, there was that like that scene, but it just didn't work. And then mm-hmm. she stabbed him. Yeah. But it's like he's trying to convey a message. She's just like this dude murdered my, just murdered my friend. Mm-hmm. And also, just I don't feel like that scene works because of Mickey, uh, not Mickey works, um, Danny Trejo's character. You know, this this dude, like, for 15 years is taking care of him. Yeah. And he just murders him, even yeah. after showing, like, you know, being still being nice to him. Mm-hmm. He just straight up murders him. It's like, okay, he doesn't care for him. So, yeah. It's... But, like, he's going to care for his, inf- who's no longer innocent uh-huh. because of, like, the sexualized nature. Maybe he thinks he's innocent. We don't know. It's not really touched upon. So... And this film kind of ends really similarly. She's in the swimming pool. Um, Dr. Loomis, who buys it. I remember the scene where he buys a gun and the guy's just like talking, you know, about the Magnum. And my first like, thinking was, oh, it's going to do nothing. And like, why are you wasting your time, you know, chatting about the gun? Just buy the gun and move on and try to save them. I will say this Dr. Loomis seems a lot better than the one. In the previous more helpful, film. More, yeah. more helpful, more competent, you know, like actually gets the police involved. just doesn't like wait around mm-hmm. scaring kids. Or just <laughs> bumming around town. Yeah, he's like actually like actively doing something. But I do want to talk about the fact that like he is exploiting Michael too. In this movie, yeah, because he wants to. Um... I mean, he's making money off of them. Mm-hmm. He's, tell- he's telling the story. The and, devil's eyes. I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're... Like, it is exploitative, but I'm like, is it bad? Is it a morally wrong thing to do to write a book about somebody that you're taking care of? I feel like 
you know, I guess it depends on the circumstances. In this kind of circumstance, I feel like because the story started in the seventies, I think he, him writing the book expands further onto the psychopathy of Michael to help look like educate everyone mm. else and look for more psychopaths. I also feel like it's a HIPAA violation. I mean, yeah, now it would be. <laughs> So yeah, I feel in the like seventies, did they even have that? <laughs> I am not gonna Google hippo, <laughs> but no, I think I think yeah, I think that it's it's definitely unethical. Morally, I don't know where. I, I would say it's unethical. I would agree with it. You now, with further further thought, it's definitely an unethical thing to do. But he does generally care about Michael, and generally cares about like stopping a mass murder. But she doesn't stop, like stop. But I thought the ending of this was interesting because it, it wasn't the traditional like, you know, da 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 da. We shoot him, he just runs off, and then we start the next movie. Mm-hmm. It was more of, uh, hey, we shot him. Hell oh, no, he's alive. We bring him back to the old house. He gets tackled. She shoots him, and then hears the line like the sirens. I like this ending. It just, I don't know. Like, the whole Lori killing Michael or possibly killing Michael just doesn't quite work because we don't know Lori. Mm-hmm. Like, we, like our protagonist is Lori. We don't see her until halfway through the film. Pretty much. And I would almost argue that this, this film's protagonist is almost Michael. Mm. Because we only follow Michael through this whole film. Yeah, that's true. We see his story from start to an end, not the end, but an end. And arguably, you can say that he died. If he died in this film, this would be his end. Mm-hmm. So we see him from start to end. But I, I don't know. I feel like this film doesn't quite necessarily. How about this? Actually, I'm gonna get into the questions first that I have for this film, and then we'll talk about it. All right. What would you give for a rating? Honestly, because of the first half, I'd have to give it a four. You give it a four? I really enjoy... I, I enjoyed the first half. I like seeing the... Like, everything before. You know, just like mm-hmm. Hannibal Rising or... Um, God, what is that one Netflix show about um, uh, police in the 70s? investigating different serial killers like Dahmer and stuff. I can't remember the name of it, but like I like seeing the you know, them investigating the why, the what, the how like what was the purpose, what Mm -hmm. was the motive what, like what were you thinking, you know Yeah, it's the tism, I need to know the who, what, when, where, why how, like I like, I need to know how it works No, I, I agree with I enjoyed understanding the why. Yeah. I judge this film as a film, like as a whole story. If I had to judge just the first part, I agree, four. But since I have to judge the entire film, I gave it a two plus. Explain. Because this film... This film sucked. (laughs) This film was meh. The first start... The first whole intro, interesting. Learning about Michael Myers, 
very like I was intrigued I was engaged Mm -hmm. but once the film kind of got started which was halfway through it was just a copycat of the first movie and none of the first stuff really really like really translated and even when they had scenes that they tried to translate the two time periods all the throwbacks you mean yeah yeah like it just didn't execute well and i can't give this like this film is an interesting film it's a really cool character study of michael myers but it's not a good film and that's where i gave it a two plus because to me it's meh but there is a one positive side of his backstory Mm -hmm. and that's where i get yeah it's a two plus for me all right does this feel like more of a Rob Zombie film or a Michael Myers film? A Definitely film. more of a Rob Zombie film. I would agree. I feel like this movie, yeah, you get the Rob Zombie characters and then mm-hmm. you get like the cheap cosplay of a Halloween film. I think I know your answer to this. Was the intro to Michael Myers worth it? Because it completely kind of re-curve like the it reshapes him it reshapes him but it also kind of takes away from the original uh, the actual remake Mm -hmm. well it it takes away from the original in general because in the original like and in the second part of this movie like he's just this supernatural monster you know that attaches to certain people with mm-hmm. like a childlike curiosity and murders other people around them that he deems, you know, tainted. Yeah. And in this one he is a child turned serial killer. Mm-hmm. Do we believe that kid turns into Michael? Like, do you think is a believable transition? Yeah. I would say I would agree. I think this film does it way better than any other film of like the three that we saw. Mm-hmm. Does the no speaking story work? Him no longer speaking. Mm. You know, I don't. I'm not really. I didn't really think about that. Well, here's my thoughts on it. Because like he went from speaking like a normal kid. Not understanding that he murdered all these people. And then he was just like, snap. He's not speaking anymore. And I thought it was just interesting and quick and sudden. I'm like, I just don't... I didn't really think they explained it well. Well, no, but if you think about it, you know, something traumatic happened to this kid Mm -hmm. that was seemingly normal. He grew up in an abusive home. And, I mean, maybe he was in a fugue state and Mm -hmm. doesn't remember it like he said like he says you know like um so if you were a kid in an abusive home and something happened apparently you did it but you don't remember it and now you're locked up somewhere without your mom without your sister you're not home there's Mm -hmm. strange people everywhere in a strange place like depression isolates you i feel like he Mm. maybe regressed into himself yeah because it's stated in the first movie and in this one that he will just sit and stare like past the wall Mm. you know like he stares past the wall at nothing it's like the wall doesn't even exist yeah 
and so I feel like it's just kind of a regression thing. He he repressed himself into his mind and is thinking about mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So it's not really I don't think it's like anything medical really. I think it's just him kind of withdrawing from the world because he was failed. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know if the movie executed that ex- explanation that well. No. But I think the way you're telling it and the way you understand it makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, because it's, it's kind of the same in all three of the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, in the first one and in this one, for sure, the doctor literally says he just sits there and stares at the wall like it's not there. Yeah. Like, so I kind of feel like that would be... Because if you think about it, people that go into the insane, insane asylums, you know, in the 40s, 50s, whenever the fuck, they... If they weren't insane, they were they were made to be insane because of the treatment and the rooms and the isolation and everything. So if you think about it, him being, what, 10, 11, whatever he was when he got incarcerated, like, that's a very traumatic thing. You're pulled away from your home. Makes sense. Like, he's, he's regressing. Yeah. It makes sense. It's a trauma response, maybe. All right. Three more questions, and we're going to move on. Did we get a good amount of boobs in this episode, or oh. this movie? Or was it, like, too, too, too many? I mean, there was a lot of fucking sex. And a lot of, like, it was, it was almost a little like ex- ridiculous. Like, the first one was, like... You know, you saw it. It was kind of like, oh, wow, for 1978, there's a lot of, like, sex and boobs in this one. But, yeah, like, that one Rob, had a lot. And Rob Zombie's, like, there was a shit ton amount of boobs. And as, a, like, a horny teenager, great. You're loving this film, right? But as a 30-something adult or near 30-something adult, it's like, I don't No, I'm no longer comfortable watching, like, teenager, like, teenage boobs this excessive amount. Yeah. It was like, a lot. It feels like a lot here. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. The family being shit characters work. Mm-hmm. As in, I would agree. For this story, they do. All right. So this is my last question. And I kind of touched upon it a little bit, saying that Orange Mask is my favorite. But in this iteration of Michael, which mask do you think... I'm just going to make the statement. I don't think him taking on the gray mask really made sense. I feel like his clown mask really felt more like Michael. In this movie, I think that the paper mache one would have worked better. Paper mache one? Yeah. I think he looked more horrifying with like the orange paper mache mask. Yeah. Like he looked Well, that's more... what I'm meaning. And like I do really like the Michael Myers mask and I think not having it like not having that mask would be how I would say it like it wouldn't be Halloween without it yeah but I just feel like the story the way the story was like how they told it I'm like I don't understand why Michael likes that specific mask I just well and I feel like instead of him getting it back right because this was technically kind of like an origin story yeah so like instead of him getting it back right away i feel like it could have been executed a little differently to where like at the end of the movie after he's killed everybody and Mm -hmm. whatever and protagonist is gone 
Like, I feel like then he could have found his mask and put it on and just kind of left us hanging for, hey, there's and another he, one coming. Or like his paper mache mask is destroyed. So he must use, he yeah. finds this ma- old mask. Exactly. Very uh, Jason Voorhees paper bag mask. Yeah. And then he gets the I feel the like that could have been done a little mask. better. I agree. Like the orange mask would have worked better for this movie because he would be more terrifying. I very much agree. All right, should we get to the last one? Halloween 2018. <laughs> Can we just talk about how every film is just called Halloween and it is very confusing in the con- yeah there's like three of them that's just halloween, halloween. there's like two halloween, halloween twos like what the fuck guys halloween Come on. two hey at least like the next one is like halloween kills and halloween ends yeah but what the fuck man? i don't know if those are much better but they're no they're really not they're there so all right this one i actually like took notes as writing it mm-hmm. which i should definitely just do more often mm-hmm. i gotta stop uh just hanging out on my phone and zoning out zoning out i gotta actually mm-hmm. pay attention mm-hmm. i double back with another two films but it's hard to take notes again i will say for halloween which i did three l's instead of two on my outline for this halloween the first thing i noticed modern filming techniques is abundant like they're not doing old school john carpenter it has a completely new film to it mm-hmm. Mealy goes to the asylum basically skips the first like the, the the night they move on 40 years yeah they're just like we're not even like gonna talk about the first night or we're, we're gonna talk about it but we're not even gonna show it like it's basically just the rebirth of michael because y'all already know the backstory what is your thoughts on that not showing the beginning Um, I kind of like it because the other two movies, like, they really went into it. And a lot of the other ones do, too. So I kind of like that they skipped all that and went straight to, hey, we know who you are. We have your mask. What the fuck are you going to do about it? I just don't know how I feel. Because I feel like this movie, like, wants to skip the origin, but then, like, has main characters from the origin. Well, not only that, but they're, like, trying to mimic... Like, this is a cash grab from the studios. They're trying to mimic the original ones to keep in line with the cult classic and all mm-hmm. the fans. But, like, they didn't... It's a remake. They're trying to do a remake, but also try to make, like, their own story. But I feel like they... There was a lot of stuff that they missed that I wish they would have put in there. But we'll we'll get in there. So, But... At the same time, it is kind of a good standalone movie for the new generation. That's fair. That's you fair. know? So the first thing we get is uh, we, we're following this, what appears to be a film crew or like reporters. Trying Podcasters. To under- I was trying to hold off on the podcast to reveal. <laughs> but I, I, when I found out, because I was like at first, like, who are these people? Who are the investigators or the reporters? They go... Um, the doctor is a different doctor. It's not Loomis. Loomis was his doctor. Now mm-hmm. it's a new doctor. Yeah. Um, talking about how he's pure evil. We go to this courtyard that looks like a chessboard. My first question was, is this humane or is this dog-like? Because they're all in, like, chains. They're all in leashes, essentially. I mean, I feel like prison strips away your humanity anyways. Well, but it's also a safety thing for the guards, I'm sure. Yeah. Because this is, like the most high security place ever 
but also at the same time they're they're letting them outside to get outdoors mm-hmm. but it's like it all looks like they're a bunch of dogs in a courtyard well, yeah so i'm like I, I can't tell if it's humane or like not humane i don't know it's a really gray area um so they go they want to talk to michael michael doesn't speak in this he hasn't spoken in years kind of mm-hmm. you know glossing Four over years. the rob zombie original halloween storyline yep brings the mask everyone else goes nuts doctor's like no 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 let it happen which i thought was really interesting about the doctor right yeah the doctor kind of annoyed me in this one because it seems like oh yeah well we'll, we'll, we'll get, get to the doctor that. i don't that yeah this doctor is like one of those like what the fuck are you doing what are you up to what do you care like he makes it abundantly clear what he he kind of about. does but also, no no he does he does i know he does but i also still like i still have so many questions about this doctor all right so brings the mask on the doctor is fine with it and then it cuts and we get this really cool trippy like old school thematic open which I thought was really weird a little bit because we transitioned from like these modern techniques and like, all right, old school opening. And it's the... Oh, the pumpkin? Yeah. yeah. That was like reverse melting. Yeah. And I'm like, you I know... I loved that throwback. It was cool. I just don't know. Like the transition was weird. You yeah. Know? It was weird. If they would have done like John Carpenter, like directing style and then went with the old school and mixed it with the new school into it, I think I would have liked it more. On its own, in a vacuum freaking love the opening all right but i I will say because i said weird blend of modern old but it turns pretty cool i really like the male actor of the podcaster why i don't know why he gives me like a dr chase feel from house but i just yeah but you know how like horror movies is like the the starting point of someone's career Mm -hmm. i i don't I really should look up this actor. I don't know if he has success. I just like in a vacuum, just watching him play. I'm like, you know what? I don't know why, but I feel like he could turn into a star. Not saying he is, or I have no idea if he's like famous. I don't recognize him in anything else, but I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if like, this is his like first breakout film and we mm-hmm. see him in, like five, 10 years. We get to the gate to, is it Lori Stroud in this one? Is her name Stroud? It's Lori. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. So we she and Lori, is the same. We and Lori Stroud are like, who is this? And it's podcasters. It's always podcasters now in these films. Dexter, New Blood. Ran- random fact, though. Did you know Lori Strode is one of the names of... I um, can't remember if it's the director or the producer, but one of their ex-girlfriends. Is it? Yeah. Weird. Like from the 70s. Weird. I know, right? Why? There's a lot of characters that are named after other characters. I had to look up some facts on that one. Is John Carpenter like, you know what? Fuck these bitches. Pretty much, yeah. That's <laughs> like, pretty much the sense that I got from it. Y- you, you're going to die in my films that I'm going to make about you. Interesting. Uh, Anyways, continue. So Lori talks to the podcasters. They tell them her story. Does Lori work as a character? I don't... This is like... She isn't his sister. She's just a group of friends that got like a was part of like the murder party. That's what the sense I got. He's not his sister in this continuity. No, because it's uh, 
a continuance from the 1978 one where they don't explain that she's the sister. Yeah. Like, as far as we know, she is just the victim anticipating his return. Yes, but it's like... I don't know if this works because it's like 40 years later. Yeah, it doesn't work because you're, what, thinking about that one person that got away for 40 fucking years? Wouldn't you want to do something different after being locked up for 40 years? Go get a fucking pizza. Um... (laughs) Like, I don't know if it, like, worked well, because, like, you really have to drive home that, like, she's terrified, but mm-hmm. it's, like, and we all know, like, well, Michael is coming, we know he's coming, and so, like, we believe her, but it's, like, every other character doesn't, and, like, I, I agree with every other character. It's been 45 years. Crying no, wolf. 40 years. Huh? Crying wolf. Crying wolf, yeah. The boy who cried wolf. Like, it's been 40 years. He's not coming. And mm. Yes, he does come. I feel like they really should have made this, like, uh, based on the original film. Mm-hmm. Where, like, hey, he attacked once, and then he came back. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, 20-plus years later. I felt like that would have really, really worked. Because it's not only she got to really live that show once. She lived it twice. But I don't feel like it works by just one occurrence. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it just it doesn't work for me. And that's one of the problems I have with this film. It's hard to believe some of these characters. All right. So he says a story, calls him the boogeyman. They're like, he's not a boogeyman, he's a murderer, which we all know he is the boogeyman. But from the perspective of everybody else, he was just a kid who murdered a bunch of people. Mm hmm. Why should we think he's anything else other than that? Like, sure, he's dangerous, but is he the boogeyman? He was—he never had the capability of being a boogeyman. He was just a boogie kid. No, he's portrayed as the boogeyman because of the mask and because of his random, like, hey, I'm staring at you through the window, mm-hmm. and then poof, I'm gone. You know, it's the mystique behind it. That's yeah. why he's labeled the boogeyman. So I like the lore questioning. Uh, new time. I was questioning how many years apart, but I think it was ended up being 40 years apart. It was 40. Yep. Granddaughter is now the protagonist instead of Lori. Yeah. But I would say Lori is definitely the protagonist of this film. Um, <laughs> uh, grand or uh, great daughter. Actually, I have no idea what I was trying to say here. <laughs> we meet all the family members. Mm-hmm. I wrote, the victims have emerged, question mark. It's always like in the horror film when you introduce all the protagonists, it's like, ah, oh, here's the group of victims. Mm-hmm. Only one of you, if not none of you, are going to make it out alive. One of you is going to be the final girl. Have they ever made a horror film where no one dies? No. I guess that wouldn't be a horror film then, would it? No. I feel like it's like a kitty horror film. Ah, it's okay. Everyone's all right. Um, I got confused by the boyfriend a little bit. Or maybe I mixed, like, the gay friend and the boyfriend together. I couldn't tell if, like, one of her friends was, like, her boyfriend or, like, the gay friend or if there were two different characters. How do you mean? Oh, no, that was her boyfriend. That was her boyfriend? Yeah, the one that cheated on her at the dance. Yeah. Yeah, that was her boyfriend. He's not, not best friend. That was boyfriend. Okay. Um... I also like the scene where Lori was staring at like she's in school and she looks over and it's not it's not uh, Michael Myers it's Lori staring at her. I thought that was a cool callback, but I'm also like, is Lori the 
the crazy one here. Mm-hmm. That would have been a cool twist if Laurie Stroud was actually Michael Myers. If she, yeah, she'd obsessed over it for so long. But no, Laurie, he actually died in that year in 1970, whatever the fuck it oh, is. Oh, yeah. You know, and she was the one with the psychotic break. That would have been really fucking interesting. It would have. Uh, badass grandma, I would say. Right, yeah. She like she came off as like a badass grandma. And then we learned about old doctor, new doctor. Uh, then we had a family dinner. Uh, Lori didn't see her brother. Mom shames her. Mom reveals backstory about always training with mom. Mm-hmm. Which I understand like why you would hate your mom if like we're constantly training for a threat that never comes Mm -hmm. but i thought it was a cool interesting story that like that i wish they would have touched upon a little bit more and it would have been more like you know frequent attacks it just doesn't work like hey i got attacked as a child now i want to make sure that all my you know family members are prepared for this moment that seemingly will never come yeah i feel like 40 years was a little much make it like 10 or 12 years make katie the daughter like or is it kathy or katie i don't remember whatever the daughter though make her like 10 or 12 years old or whatever and then it's more of like that threat the daughter can be the one in school yep you know i don't i don't know i feel like 40 years is just an excessive amount of time for that i agree you know then we go back to michael uh Again, they're they're transferring them for reasons. They never really explained the reasons for mm-hmm. it, but they're transferring them. Of course, it's the night before Halloween because that's like when else are you transfer that murderer who murdered on Halloween night? Mm-hmm. Is the night before. Of course, it goes expectantly bad. The bus crashes for reasons with like little to no like follow up. You know, like, the bus crashed and no one really knew what happened. Well, not like. only that, but again, there's a bus full of people for him to kill, and he does not. He just kills the guard. No, no, no. He kills the guard, and then the dad and the son who walks up, he kills the dad. Oh, and, yeah, he kills the dad for checking he, it out. And then he kills the kid, which is, like, the most confusing murder. Because he normally doesn't go after the kids. No. And that's where I'm just like, what the that there one is I no kind of think may have been just wrong place, wrong time. Well, yeah, for you sure. Know, for like the kid. coincidental, because if he saw Michael, mm-hmm. then he could report it and he could get caught sooner. Yeah, it's hard to tell what the motivation for Michael is in this this film. They really don't give him a whole lot of motivation in any film. And I'm well, I feel like they're like in the first couple films. They're like the first film. It's the ones who aren't innocent, right? And mm-hmm. then Laurie is the final girl. And then in the second film, it's definitely more of um, people who feel like deserve it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I guess Dr. The Fanny Trejo's character is kind of like random, but you kind of understand his first That killings. one's more gore, though. Yeah. This one, it, it just seems like it's random almost. Cause there's, Pretty much. Like during trick-or-treating, there's just kids running by him. He doesn't murder those kids. Mm-hmm. He murders the one kid, and that's the only kid he murders. And I'm like, I don't get why he murdered him. I just don't. It didn't feel like Michael to murder this kid. Mm-hmm. I know they're trying to portray him as just an evil, pure evil monster, but to me, it didn't necessarily make sense. All right. So, Doctor is dying, but he doesn't die. Michael escapes. Podcasters are in the graveyard. It's Judith 
graveyard and then the podcasters died and i'm really ashamed station yeah and i'm really ashamed that they died at the gas station i know they could have done more with that instead of killing them off right away i'm like why what's the like what's the point of these like i I feel like they could have dove into his lore a lot more yeah they could have given more background discovered more things gave more of a story yeah, before killing him off. I'm like, yeah, they're going to die. We, I think we all knew that they were going to die as soon but as they... But why, like, 15, 20 minutes into the fucking movie? To me, I'm like, that's a waste. Like, I don't know what you're establishing. Yes, he's upset, maybe, that they came to him. I understand yeah. why you killed them. But I don't understand why the filmmakers killed the podcasters right away. To me, it felt like a missed opportunity to, like, mm-hmm. expand the war further. Also, how the fuck did they get his mask? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, wouldn't they have gotten rid of it or put it in evidence locker? Oh, I just... I'm not sure. Maybe evidence locker? I don't... That's a good question. Actually, I wrote in here, podcaster and graveyard, they dead. They didn't die in the in the graveyard. I just wrote they dead as in, like, all right, they're died. Yep. Yeah, like, it was in the gas Michael's station Michael's watching. Bathroom. They dead. Then it's the gas station. Michael stalks the podcaster. And then he kills the garage people, and he's just killing people just because. This is where I'm like, I don't understand. He's just murdering people straight up. Like, he's murdering everyone. It's a cash grab. Yeah. They want to release a movie to make money. That's basically what that one is, too. Um, Oh, the podcaster Aaron is fighting Michael to save the girl. I'm like, that's stupid. Like, you don't fight Michael. You should know better. Mm -hmm. You think you would know better. Yeah, if they're doing a fucking podcast on him. And he kills uh, he kills him for the mask. Mm-hmm. Lori figures it out. She prepares. Mom, door, simple, effective. Not all. I'm confused about about my um notes here. I think once the podcasters die, the story starts and the panic continues. Mm-hmm. And this is where I feel like it just doesn't work because it's like slow moving, slow moving, and then it's like boom, he escapes and we're killing. And I know it's the now same. Now it's action. Now it's like it. I know it's the same thing in each film, but I'm like, this film has so much like backstory to catch us up on. It feels quick to the punch. I feel like we don't really learn about the granddaughter that much Mm -hmm. we don't really learn about the protagonist that he's going to eventually kill we know a little bit about lori but we really don't Mm -hmm. we know that they're prepping we get the backstory about the mom and then the granddaughter okay then halloween starts michael myers is isn't murdering everyone he's sparing the kids which again if you ask the whole idea of like he doesn't want to get caught, sure, but it also at the same time, he's also murdering everybody. My quick question is, why isn't the world freaking out right now in this modern age of communication? Maybe the police were keeping it under wraps to avoid mass panic. No, it doesn't seem like they cared or they knew. Hollywood. Hollywood. Because I mean, that's the movie just my has, answer for everything because they don't the movie think has about to that exist. shit. Yeah. The, the movie has to exist, right? But that that was always my like, that was my question watching this film. Like, okay, this famous murderer is being transferred. No one seems to know about it. It crashes. No one seems to know about it. He goes and murders a shit ton of people. 
and there's no questions raised. Like, he's not just killing people in, like, random, like, places. He's mm-hmm. killing them in gas stations. He killed a bunch of garage full people. Mm-hmm. There was a mass murdering happening, but, like, no one's panicking. No one knows about it. Mm-hmm. But then he starts killing people, and I think it's really interesting because he uses, like, a hammer, then he grabs a knife, and I really like that transition of, like, he's slowly, like, getting back to Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. He leaves the baby... He leaves some kids. I'm like, all right, now he's not killing kids. Now he's not killing the baby. It makes sense in other, like, other continuity. It doesn't make sense in this continuity. Mm-hmm. I will say, like, the lady killer transition is really cool, where, like, we see Michael stand, but then the camera stays, and we see Michael just go in the backyard. And our and her house actually reminded of our house. I'm like, okay, that's kind of scary. But her had, like, the open windows, but, like, the wooden arches from the room the room mm-hmm. is really similar to like our house and i'm like man that is kind of terrifying the idea of like someone watching and then trying to kill you but i just really like that camera shot that they did because like it was front of the window and then you see michael myers around go around then you see him enter and then you see him kill her i'm like okay that's i thought that was just a really cool camera shot mm-hmm. uh we get into the dance party um he cheats on her in the middle of everybody. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you don't know what, you know, you know, what you saw that didn't happen. Gaslighting the shit out of her. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. piece of shit. Fuck him. Die. Wrote Tiger Girl was pretty hot. I think the girl you cheated on her, the Tiger Austin. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the furries. I don't know. I just thought she was hot. It's also weird because she's a teenager, but probably more mid 20s casting. What? It's my notes, babe. I'm sorry. All right. Then we get into all these like killings. And I thought the killings were kind of interesting because Michael Myers is like sneak attacking everybody. And he's like this big, massive dude who can like just straight up murder everybody. But like with the teenagers, he's like sneak attacking. I remember like he's in the yard and like the one high silly dude. I was like, yo, hey, and then, like, the lights turn off, and he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it, they're going up like, the boogeyman aesthetic again. Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to do. And this is Michael Myers. He does, like, move around, and he sneaks attack. But it's just the idea of, like, a big, giant-ass dude, like, sneak attack killing when he just mm-hmm. can just straight-up force is just always um, surprising to me. Because I'm like, how do you move around, man? <laughs> It doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. So they call the cops. They get the grand or they get the granddaughter. Lori and them go into the house. And I thought this is where I like I really liked this film initially, but I feel like this is the part of the film where I just got ticked off by the character actions. Do you agree or disagree? Explain further. So, like, Lori has been preparing for this moment for 40 years, mm-hmm. has a fence, mm-hmm. has, I'm assuming, traps, mm-hmm. has lights, has all these setups, has a basement, has, you know, the yep. shelter in place. Moving on. She has all these things to prep for his attack. And it feels like she didn't do shit. 
Like, she was in there initially. Then she's like, all right, I'll go with the family. Brings the family back. One, I'm like, why are you leaving? Just call him, tell him to come there, right? Mm-hmm. No, badass grandma's like, no, we're going to kill him. But they go to her house. One, how does he get across the fence? They don't show it. He's mm-hmm. just there. Two, when he arrives, the husband or the son-in-law of Lori is just drinking, like, he's just moping around in the front of the house with like the lights on i'm like what the fuck are you doing there's a mass murderer and you're just standing there like why isn't Lori yelling at you why isn't the mom yelling at you what's going on nope he gets killed immediately they probably didn't know that he was out there and he probably just didn't believe them because it's chicken little the sky is falling maybe but there's also reports of him escaping to me, it just felt, it felt silly. And then he gets in, like, he gets into the house. It's the thought pro. It's a common thought process with people, though. Yeah. Like, it won't happen to me. This doesn't happen here. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't think that it can happen to you until it does. So he was maybe thinking, oh, she's just loony. You know, she's been crying wolf for 40 fucking years. Yes, there are reports out there, but what would make him come here? This doesn't happen here. This that's, won't happen to me. That's fair. That's fair. Like, it's it's a thought that everybody has in those kinds of situations. Like, this just doesn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? I'm trying to think. Yeah, so I'm writing this, like, why are they not in the basement to begin with? Like, hole up in the basement, you should be safe, right? Mm-hmm. Dad dies, people are dumb. No One, no worries about him, because he comes to tax. No worries. Like, they don't even mention him. Michael attacks at the door. They go downstairs, turn on lights, no lights. I'm just like, the idea of, like, you know, lights factor, like, turn off the lights, turn the lights outside. But they don't do it there is lights on the outside of the house, but they don't turn it on. Mm-hmm. Like, none of their plans make sense. Mm-hmm. Lori's constantly going up and down the stairs. As she's trying to fight him. They kill the front door, which isn't, like, should be just, like, a giant gate, you would think. But, no, he goes through the front door. You would think it would be more reinforced. Right. And then they go downstairs, and she's attacking from below, mm-hmm. which says, hey, we're in a basement. And I'm like, why are you... Yeah, like, they could have gotten away with it if she didn't shoot him. Like, he Mm -hmm. didn't know that they were there. She gave it away. Yeah, and then, like, they go into the room. They're, you know, like, they try to save each other. The lights are off in the house, which... If we're dealing with the boogeyman, why are the lights off? Right, they go in the house with all these mannequins, and he's somehow hiding behind a mannequin. This is a giant dude hiding behind a mannequin. Oh yeah, that one and there was like really fla- makes sense to me. And there's a could... f- flashlight. Yeah, and, and he... you could see around the room, but he wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, boom, he pops out. Like, for, where the fuck was he for hiding? A, for a giant guy, he's very good at sneak attacks. <laughs> I'm hiding behind the curtain. <laughs> he can't find me. <laughs> Like, imagine going to a room, like, I see you, Michael. I know you're going to stab me, and, like, you're going to pop out. Like, you're right there, and just him, like, no, I'm not. Or, like, he's just the blank stare of. <laughs> so, Allison goes to the house. The house is trash. 
it's like, you know, like, okay, if the house is completely trashed, like, get the fuck out of the house. The granddaughter, Allison. Mom gets daughter. They go in the basement. And then somehow Michael just knows where the stairs is. Like, he walks in the kitchen and he's just like, I'm going to rip the middle island here. Right? That's kind of what I was thinking. Like I said, if she hadn't shot up, then he wouldn't know. They would have been, they would have had a better chance. Now they've made themselves Mm -hmm. sitting ducks. And now that he's going down, they end up fighting, like, them off. And then they're, you know, fighting them off and... He's grabbing the leg of the grand or of the mom. They're, you know, fighting him through the stairs. They knock him down, and the mom goes, "Surprise, motherfucker!" Basically, and then they trap him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, that was a twist I didn't see coming either. And I'm like, "You're playing dumb." What? Like, to me, that one didn't work. No. Because I'm like, you have She's so resistant the whole fucking film and then now it's surprise, I knew all along. And like and we trapped you where we wanted you. It's like what? Like you could have trapped him in all these different rooms. Cause like the doors were sliding. And I'm like, why yeah, don't you just exactly. like Exactly. Like, why don't you just shut all the doors and have also, them in a fucking hallway, then light the house on fire? Also, why the fuck does she have reinforced cage doors? For all the fucking bedrooms, but doesn't have a reinforced front fucking door. No, and I feel like what the fuck? And I feel like they did that solely so they trap them in the basement. That's so like, fucking dumb. It does it work? No. <laughs> and it's this so fucking dumb. And I like this film up until this, but I'm like, none of this makes sense. These characters don't make sense. The story doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Directing wise, I think this is a decent film. <laughs> Story-wise, I'm like, I hate these characters because mm-hmm. they're just dumb. Flat-out yeah. dumb. But I do like Michael Myers. I thought he was kind of terrifying. Yeah. Though his motivations were eh. His so, portrayal is terrifying. It is. But his story and motives in that one is, is like he said, is eh. Yeah. Which is part of the mystery a bit. A little bit, but it could have been done way better than what it was. I thought so. And... So this film is like highly rated. Mm -hmm. This is like known as like one of the best Halloween films. What would you give it as a rating? This one? Yeah. Well, it's not one of the classics. You're right. The directing was pretty good. However, there is... The storyline is not existent. There's no motivation. It's basically a new slasher film or a Mm -hmm. new suspense thriller because of that plot twist at the end with the cage. Like, I feel like for the new generation, it is a good standalone movie. Like, it's one like Cabin in the Woods or something like that. However, well, it's something like that. Like it's its own. It's a really good separate remake. movie. It's its own separate mm-hmm. movie. Is what I'm meaning. Like it's a good. What would like, you give it? Rating. Rating. I'd give it a three. We're close. Maybe a two plus. Okay, I feel like we're almost right on because I give it a three minus. Yeah, I'd give it maybe like a two plus I'm or like, three minus. I'm like it's good. Kind of like the characters don't. There really are work. certain aspects that are good, but most of it is just trash. Yeah, I'm like, and 
I thought of this movie with a high rating, and then I watched it, and I'm like, I enjoy it, I enjoy it, I enjoy it. Okay, none of this is making certain. This isn't making sense. I feel like there's a lot of plot points that they just kind of drop the podcaster being yes. one of them. Like, let's talk the about begi- the, ooh, the doctor. In the hold on, in the beginning though, like the opening scene where they hold the mask up, mm-hmm. like I was really excited for where that was going. I thought they were going to do more with that and touch upon it and do more with the podcasters. Like I was excited. Yeah for that opening scene and then they did nothing with it the rest of the movie the and that doctor. was a really big disappointment the, the doctor felt like he could have done a lot a shit ton more he could have done way more instead of i'm gonna see where this goes and then he was just like it's locking like, her up in the back of the car because i want to see what he does right and it also just seems like he purposely let him out but like it never showed us if he did or didn't mm-hmm. but it seems like he did but then michael murders him anyway and i'm like is this doctor purposely being like incompetent of his job? So I feel like the first doctor, the one that no longer worked with him because he's just too evil or whatever yeah. the fuck his reason was. I feel like the first doctor really got to know him and mm-hmm. knows what kind of monster he is and knows that he can't be fixed. Whereas this second doctor that is throughout the whole movie, he just wants to make money off him. He wants to experiment on him, see what makes him tick, see what he'll do, write the story on what he did, make money off of him, exploit him. I feel like this doctor had so much going for him, especially if he was like putting him in evil situations to be evil so he can learn about him. Mm -hmm. I feel like they were going for it, but just didn't explore it and didn't execute it well. And then he just got murdered, and I was like, okay, I I don't know how I feel. His murder was pretty personal, though, too. Like, instead of stabbing him like he normally, Myers would, he stomped, like, he curb stomped his fucking head. That is personal. That shows, like, a form of disgust that can't really be you know, communicated any other way because this doctor was exploiting him and Michael knows it. It's a good point. Like, this is his way of calling him out. It's personal. We're getting to the time limit, so we're going to try to push forward a little bit too. Okay. So one last question about this film. This movie gets high praise for being one of the best Halloween movies, usually from what I'm seeing rated number two. Is it deserving of that high praise? No. No? I don't know either. Because the story doesn't necessarily work for me. But Mm -mm. I do think it's an interesting start and it's a horrifying film. But I think in terms of story and lore, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't. All right. Best first movie. How would you rank these films? Best first uh, it'd be 2007, 78, and then 18. Okay. I I think 78 is just by far the best of these films. Mostly because like, it's the times. It sets up the foundation. But mm-hmm. I also just think directing-wise, it does what it needs to do well. Yeah. Which Simple. I completely agree with. I'm just biased because of the time period and the type of yeah. filming, you know? I think Rob Zombie as a film is like... like interesting first half horrible second half is just a copycat and like overall as a film it just kind of falls i think the third film has like for a horror film is good but i think for a storytelling lore retelling of the lore i don't think it does a great job and i think it just 
misses too much stuff and like when you think about it it just doesn't click and make sense mm-hmm. was a reboot twice necessary no i i like i don't know how you continue the story further without rebooting it and they've sold so many different stories especially with like the cult of thorn which we'll get into i thought we were out of time limit. we are we are is Michael the ultimate boogeyman? No. Who is? Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. Because Freddy Krueger is supernatural. Mm-hmm. Where He's Michael in Myers. Your dreams. Okay. Is Michael more animal or evil? Because they talk about him being evil. I wouldn't say that he's animalistic because if he was, he would have killed all those trick-or-treaters walking by. That's fair. I'd say he's cold, not really calculated, but also kind of calculated in a way. Meticulous. He's meticulous. Yeah. He has a method. Yeah. He's methodical. There's a method to his madness. That's the phrase I was yeah, trying to think of to earlier. There, there is go. a me- No, not the organized chaos. It's the method to the madness. Yeah. But yeah, there is a method to his madness. And so I feel like he is more evil. Does Michael work as a a slasher or is he more of a trope? I feel like Michael is the trope. He's a trope at this point. Like, I think he starts the trope. Yep. All right, last and final question. What is the better motivation for Michael Myers? Because we talk about a lot of different motivations in... When you compare to the different like continuities, and there's a lot of fucking continuities. Mm-hmm. There's the original, there is H2O, there's the Cult of Thorns, there is Zorad Zombie, and then this brand new three films. And there's like three motivations that they have. He's just pure evil. He hates his family. And hate slash he hates people who are having sex. Mm-hmm. Or there's a Cult of Thorn, which is that there's a curse that's put on him that he has to sacrifice his family on Halloween in order for there to be good luck and harvest on the land or in the area. No death for the city. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I don't that, think I've that's seen part that of the, one. There's part of that continuity. That's dumb. Which is the better motivation for Michael Myers? Pure evil, honestly. I think, yeah... I think I would go for it. the hating the family slash sex thing. I think hating the family only really works for the Rob Zombie one because Mm -hmm. of the the backstory. Yeah. But the hating the sex thing, I think it has to do with that childlike curiosity. And like, because he was locked away at such an early age that he just, he never got an education. He Mm -hmm. doesn't know any better. So he's curious as to how all of that works. And because he's only seen, like, that one in the original, you know, Laurie, and then in the 2007, his sister, like, he sees them as innocent or safe because, you know, they aren't having sex or they're his sister type thing. So Mm -hmm. I think it's more like, like I said earlier, morbid curiosity as to what they're doing. And, oh, they're having sex. They're not innocent. They're rotten and so i'm gonna kill them because they're spoiled kind of it just never goes into detail for it so it's 
which I think I like from the original film. Mm-hmm. Like that just mysterious, like, why is he doing all this and not she's actually answering it? Innocent. Whereas the cult of Thorn is like, nope, he's cursed. He's an, like, it's, he's an animal. That's what he's trained to do. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like that. All right. I think we should call this a wrap. What do you think? Yep. All right. Well, this is Jake and my lovely wife. Wow, I said that horribly. Lovely wife, Sapphire. Thank you for joining me. First podcast. How do you feel? Uh, exhausted. Exhausted. <laughs> That's fair. It's draining. And I honestly feel like I've been socializing the last two hours and I need like to unwind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, we just had a two hour long conversation. Yep. All right. Well, this is it for Don't Evolve Me. Please check out other episodes. Check out the Facebook the X account. I don't really use the X account anymore. It's kind of dying anyways. As well as the TikTok videos that are coming out. Until next time.